rising on an emerging generation of kings. Mark chapter 1 from verse 32. And even when the sun had set, they brought to him all, all who were sick. Look at somebody say you are a mission house. Say it louder. Say you are the temple of God. And you are a mission house. You're a mission house. You're the temple of God. Why would they bring sick people to Jesus? Where do normal people take sick people to? Hospitals. That means that if sick people are not calling you yet, there's a dimension of the divine dispensary. You're not manifesting. Are you hearing that? This is serious. This is key because I'm called to be like the Christ, to live like him, to live like him, to labor like him, to love like him. They brought him to Jesus and those who were demon-possessed, so this is not just medical expertise, this is a spiritual house. And the whole city, somebody say the whole city, <laughs> was gathered together at the door. Then he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. We silence every demonic conversation in your life. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place. And there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. When they found him, they said to him, everyone is looking for you. I proclaim concerning this house and as many as have faith to believe, your generation will come looking for you. That amen sounds like you could use some injections, some massage, some holiday, some break. But if you have faith in your heart that is resounding, I want it to be loud. I said your generation will look for you. God will give you mastery and ownership in some areas. The one they say, if you're looking for someone that can help you fix your marriage with counseling and therapy and coaching and leadership, look for LT. They will say, if you're looking for somebody who's going to help you in music and strength and the anointed, look for Vicky. I proclaim concerning somebody, your generation will look for you. Your generation will come searching for you. When they found Jesus, they said to him, everyone is looking for you. Beyond people looking for you, people are looking for the Jesus in you. May you house Jesus to such a dimension that in you, he will be found. Everyone is looking for you. And you will think, he's like, oh yes, here I am. Guys, come, hang out with me. I'm the guy, I'm the word. But what did he say to them? Let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also. Why? For this purpose I have come forth. And he was preaching in the synagogues throughout all Galilee and casting out demons. Somebody say amen. Father, we receive illumination, understanding, enlightenment, but more so the ability to interpret things in our daily lives and to walk as mobile mission houses, joining you in the all-important assignment of the kingdom till our spaces, our homes, our families, our environments, and our mission fields begin to look exactly like heaven. So there's a material manifestation of that eternal intention you have. There will be no dichotomy, no disparity between the spaces that we govern on your behalf and your image, your template and blueprint of heaven. 
to give you praise, and Father, for it's done now. In Jesus' name. I wish that amen would be more convincing. So we ended the first service by speaking about this, that even though I gave you 10 things that Jesus said he came for, you remember? 10 things that Jesus said, for this purpose I came, or I've come to do this, or this is the reason why I'm here, that all these 10 things are essentially manifestations of one mission. So the mission was the kingdom of God. The mission was and is the kingdom of God. And anytime somebody tries to splinter that mission, the person will not do a great job, true or true. So if you tell somebody to make, you know, a pounded yam, what do you need in pounded yam? You need yam and then you need water, right? But the, the yam needs to be a particular temperature. So you need to boil water, right? Now, if you boil water so well and you boil it so hard, so diligently, so consistently, do you have pounded yam? Why? Because the water will evaporate. Isn't that true? Now, how about if you boil the yam? The yam is well boiled. It's soft and succulent. You can dip your teeth in it. Do you have pounded yam? What are you looking for? Pounded yam, right? But you have to boil water. You have to slice the yam. You have to cook the yam. You have to pound the yam. So the kingdom of God is this multifaceted, multifarious, multidynamic, multi-level enterprise, if you will, or manifestation of the rulership of God. It has different elements to it. And God doesn't want us to get stuck on one thing. In our text, we find Jesus demonstrating the kingdom of God. We see this now. Because all through the Bible, you're going to see Jesus preaching the kingdom of God, preaching the kingdom of God, preaching the kingdom of God. And some people are going to be like, eh, well, he was preaching the kingdom of God, and after he died, he didn't have to preach the Christ. Mm -mm. After he resurrected, he still was not preaching himself. He was still preaching what? The kingdom of God. Now, when you look into the Bible, when you look at the book of Acts, I've walked you through Acts chapter 1 before, and you can take it from verse 3 to 8, so we're not going to reference that, but you can write that down right? You, you can write that down. When you see that the words after he resurrected, he began to teach to them or to share to them things about the kingdom of God. Now, some people are like, well, that's Jesus. Well, look at Luke chapter 4, verse 43. In Luke 4, 43, what could it mean here? Luke 4, 43, it says, but he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also. Somebody say, I must. Notice what he does not say. He does not say, I must teach them sanctification. Is sanctification good? Is it necessary? Is holiness good? Shout aloud. Is it necessary? Uh, discipline, sacrifice, is that good? But did Jesus ever say, I must preach self-sacrifice? He said, no, I must preach what? The kingdom of God to the other cities also. For this purpose have I been sent. Now, when you look at Matthew 25, verse 34, Matthew 25, verse 34, then the king, this is the judgment now, and then the king will say to those on his, on his right hand, come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the, marvelous, are you still listening to this? So where was the kingdom prepared? Shout aloud louder. Are you going to find hell prepared for those people? No, the kingdom was prepared from the foundation of the world. Now, when was the Lamb of God slain? When was the Lamb of God slain? The blood was shed. The foundation of the world. So the kingdom was not an afterthought. 
that God will be like, okay, you know what? Now that I've shed the blood and people are redeemed, what else can we give them? Let's upgrade them to the king. Are you feeling like following this? It's not an afterthought. Olusha, are you, are you here now? Everybody needs to get this because if you don't get this, you don't really understand what we're doing. So when the blood was being shed, the kingdom had already been prepared or at least was prepared. So you cannot look at the kingdom as an extracurricular activity. It's not an upgrade. It's not an extra tire. It's not doing too much. It's not over syllabus. Are you following this? He said that this kingdom was prepared from before, from the foundation of the world. Jesus' mission was the extension or the advancement of the kingdom of God. That was his mission. It was not just to build a church. Of course, that I will build my church. But if you build something, you don't build that thing for the sake of that thing. Are you here? This phone does not exist for itself. Your iPad was not built for itself. This microphone was not, was not built for itself. Therefore, the purpose of the church has to be greater than the church. So the church is built as a nurturing ground for the kingdom agenda. It is the base, the training base. The kingdom, Christ prioritized the kingdom so much. Matthew 6, 3, he said, seek ye first the priority, the order, the thing that you must follow. Seek ye first what? The kingdom of God. And what will happen? All other things shall be added to. In fact, Christ pushed his obsession with the kingdom so far, if I can use that expression, to the point where he actually literally yapped some people, abused some people, insulted some people, if you will. Look at Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, 59 to 62. Luke 9, 59 to 62. I'm pacing it up. There's a lot to write, so keep writing, and the Spirit of God will blow this up in your mind. Jesus was recruiting people, recruiting people for the kingdom. And when he recruited the people for the kingdom, look at what one of them said. What did the person say? Then Jesus said, follow me. But what did the person say? Look at that. It's, it's on there. Let me first go and bury my... Come bury me. One bury, bury, one bury. Let me first go and bury my father. Now, a normal person, I mean, well, let me say, the typical response you would expect if someone's I'm going to bury my dad, what should be his normal response? Tell me, some sympathy, some empathy. Hey, are you serious? Oh, your dad, oh, I didn't know, I didn't know. Not a, not, not a bother, don't worry, go and bury your dad, right? Is that too much to ask for? Is that at the minimum? Come on, someone talk to me. What did my dad plus Jay say? I'm not saying plus Jay says my dad. Plus Jay, what did he say? Plus 60. Look at that. Jesus said, this was not a text message. You know, there's some insults you can send by text, but you can't send face to, to a face. This is not behind the scenes. This was in front. Let the dead bury their own dead. Now, you feel that's the end, but it says, what should you do? But you, oh my God, look at somebody said, the kingdom of God is superior to your family ties, to your need for sympathy, to your craving for comfort. 
to your attachments to your family. He say, what I've come here to do is big enough for me to hurt your feelings. Oh, somebody's not getting that. Now we're getting, you know what we're getting to the wisdom requirement. Now you understand why Jesus, the Bible says, he says certain things and many left him that day. I will show you the four stages of the mission and show you that the first stage is the only stage in which you don't have to leave something or leave someone. Every other stage, you have to leave something or someone. And that's why most ministries camp around phase one. I'll show you the four parts. Are you getting this? Let me ask you, if a pastor in today's world said this to somebody in public, what is going to be the fallout on social media? Tell me. Wicked man. <laughs> He's a bother. Exactly. Because they're going to be like, you see, he wants him to preach so that they'll collect what? Offering. That's it. JJ, you get this? Give me some more. Okay, let's not say social media. If you saw me saying that to somebody in this, our thing, Let's be honest. What will you think in your mind? You might not say it because you love me. But what will you think inside your mind? Paula Shadi, what will you think? Tell me. Pastor Dabi is right. <laughs> fine, fine. Hannah, 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 says she'll be disappointed. This is important. Because there's a reason Jesus said, blessed is he who's not offended in me. You don't say that except you can easily offend people. Jesus gets offensive when it comes to the matters of the kingdom. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing more than what I am saying? we're about to enter a militant age as a ministry. The good thing about the soldiers we're going to raise is that these soldiers are first of all our sons. So when we deploy them, we're not deploying them like the national government with our family ties. We're deploying them with concern, but we're not going to shelter people from the weight of responsibility and the harsh reality of taking on the mantle of God in a territory where Everybody, you know, in a family, everybody loves you. But in a mission field, almost everybody hates you. That's why most human beings, they don't even want a church to grow beyond the family field. I like this. Because you're so nice. Everybody knows you. Oh, bless us. They don't just say my baby, thank you. They actually bring me presents. Even if it feels hot like a pan, I'm still like a cake. But God will bring you pan carry. <laughs> Let's celebrate two of our very good friends, friends of this family and to many of us in this house. Pastor Demola and Pastor and Pastor and Mrs. Demola and Mochi this morning, celebrate you guys. And they have their daughter who's now a big girl, who 
It's so good to see you all. Thank you for coming up. Are you getting this point? Covenant. If I said that to you, how would you feel about me? Just be honest. You feel bad. Why? Because you said to yourself, I thought Pidams used to like me, right? But now how can you say that after I lost a family member? Jesus is trying to tell you something. That the kingdom is superior to all the families of the earth. The kingdom is superior to your feelings about family. The kingdom is superior to your frustration about losing something. And he didn't just say, come and join the kingdom. Let me tell you what this is in Yoruba. This is like, ah, Jesu, Jesu, Alamiku, ah, Baba Eku. Jerry, you need to come and help me. Wait, wait, wait. You know all the, you know all these uh, the, the real movies where they'll now do the overdub, the the Yoruba overdub. In fact, there's a theoretical theory. Jason, Jason, Papa Miku, Jason, Jason, Papa Miku, Jason, Jason, Papa Miku, Papa Miku, Papa Miku, Ama Ama, brand new song. In the Yoruba language, if you understand the traditions and you're able to translate it, this was not just let the dead go and bury their dead. That metaphor is Benue's song, go and preach the kingdom. If you don't plan to be offended, you can't walk for long with God. The spirit of God will offend your flesh. This is the reason people who disengaged from commitments at the first side of offense were never really committed. They were committed to themselves. This is the reason nobody can do great things for God without being offended by even those amongst those you were sent to. There's a major test. You will be offended by those you are called to. You'll be offended by those you are sent to and you'll be offended by some you were sent with. Let the dead bury their own dead but you go and preach the kingdom in other words your father is your father and as much as you love him and guess what I made him because by me were all things made including your father so if I made all things then I understand the scale of priorities and I can tell you that your father as important as it was, compared to what I'm building, is not as important. Hey! One more times. It's in the Bible. We hardly hear this preached. Maybe we'll do a series on the hard sayings of Jesus. Now, Jesus was on a road that day because it didn't end there. Next verse, 61. And another also said, can you imagine? Why did you bother saying? Once you've seen the Agbele, they gave somebody. <laughs> you know what Agbele is? You know what Agbele, please help me. Putting on Ella. Insult does not cut. That's like we're playing ping pong. Then somebody just smashes. Slam dunk. Right, for our international audience, that like they gave it to you. Also, another said, Lord. So this one is like, not like I won't follow you. Lord, I will follow you. 
but let me first go and bid them farewell who at my house. <laughs> I deserve closure. So that they won't put my face on Galilean gazettes next day, missing person. Such as I'll follow you. And the, the, the interesting about following Jesus is that Jesus does not give you a geographical map for your destiny. I, I saw a vision. He said I should follow him. So I saw a vision at 17. So I saw a vision of my life. And I knew that it involved moving across the nations. But he never wrote in the vision, December 2015, you will be brought back to Nigeria. So when I was sent to London, in my head, I said, ah, gateway to the world. From here to the nations. We blew. In quotes. Are you following? But if you're following Jesus, you don't follow prospects. You follow Jesus. You don't follow what looks like it. You follow what he says. In our text, don't forget that Jesus himself had to leave a place without farewell ceremony. Do you remember in the text? Do you remember the text? So he says, all the sick people came to Jesus. They brought the sick. In other words, this guy called Jesus was a mission house. It was a mobile hospital. All the alchemists present, in the, they were jobless because Jesus was in town. Then the demon possessed people. They brought them to Jesus. He commanded the attention of the city and you know that there's a connection between attention and money people who pay attention eventually pay some of people who pay attention eventually pay are you following so without the Bible telling us about the material returns or whatever there must have been sustenance and supply in that place at least his ministry had not only been proven that had been accepted but Jesus said, when they came, he said, Jesus, everybody's looking for you. In other words, when everybody starts looking for you, listen, please, you are about to finish. When everybody starts looking for you, you're about to finish. Why? Because people will finish you. Do you know, do you know that people don't ration your resources for you? They will take as much as they think is available. So people don't really care that, oh, so you're really tired. No, you can still pray with me and pray for me. Have you noticed? So what did Jesus do when everybody was looking for him? The word says he went to a solitary place to go and pray. Listen to this. He went into a solitary place to go and, to go, place to go and pray. And Simon went to go and look for him. There are dimensions of Jesus you only find in solitude. And there are dimensions of Jesus you only find in the place of prayer. Oh, God. Some of you are not getting that. There was a dimension where the whole city was there at the crowd. Jesus was there. Jesus said, you will not finish me. Let me go into a secret place. Went to the secret place. And then it took seekers to find him. Are you hearing that? Maha, do you get it? They found him. Says, Everyone is looking for you. Found you. Found you. You know what Jesus said? Everybody's looking for me. My ministry has been validated here, but I must go 
I must go. Look at somebody say go. Look at somebody say go. That means if you're looking at Google, you're saying go, go, go. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Even if your name is not Google, look for two people say go, go. Come on, look for two people say go, go. Go. It's ironic, paradoxical that you're saying go, but you're not leaving your seats. on your boundary. Hey, so when Jesus calls people, he calls them, and look at what it says, he calls them to follow him. To follow means that I'm on the move. Are you following that? I'm going somewhere. I'm going. And many believers, just like many people, we don't like to live where we're comfortable. Human beings, we don't. How many of you know that? Have you noticed this? That almost every Sunday, you sit in the same seat at King's, plus or minus one or two seats to the right, left, front or back. Tell me. Mm -hmm. That's because Duta sits either there or the one behind her. Am I on here? Wura, that's where Wura sits. Boom. Henry. Enoch sits either where Shil is or where Juwan is. There's something about us as human beings that get attached to the first point of comfort. This is the reason why you go for a three-day seminar at work on your personal growth project. You go for a three-day conference, whether it's U-shaped or scholar setting. You go to the same part of the hall the first day and the second day and the third day except the facilitator upsets that God is a facilitator that disrupts what you thought was your own place in life and some people you have become so comfortable staying in the place where God called you to they are no longer open to where he's calling you to are you getting this now comfortable and when I say calling it's not just physical because for some of you you've been called out of certain relationships and even though you are in a new relationship right now you're still stuck in that old relationship that your new man the person you're with I'm not talking about your new man recreated human spirit your new bobo right his name is Michael but every time I like calling him Juwan 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 because your ex's name is Juwan and so one day Michael's ah why are you always calling me Juwan? You know what I'm saying? Because oh Juwan love. 
Look at someone and say, go. Go. The call to follow Jesus is the call to move, to be on the go. And like I said, most people didn't go, let me travel. No. In your mind, have you moved? Have you left certain things behind? Have you moved on in terms of responsibility? Jesus proclaimed to them and said, preach, go and preach the kingdom. After he was resurrected, Acts chapter, let me show you about four places in that book of Acts where they were preaching the kingdom, preaching the kingdom. Acts chapter 8 verse 12. Acts 8 verse 12, media, get to it. But when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning what? The kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Acts 19 verse 8. Acts 19 verse 8. And he went into the synagogue and spoke boldly. Somebody say boldly. What did he do? He went. Philip in Acts chapter 8, he had to go and join himself. Your place of preparation is where you are. Your place of deployment is where you are sent. He went to the synagogue. Why would he go? Why would he go into the synagogue? Paul, the synagogue was not the, the most comfortable place for him. He's more of a philosopher and a lawyer. He went to the synagogue and the word says, and he spoke boldly for three months. Persuaded, persuaded, reasoning and persuaded. Consistently. Someone said missions, here we go. Shouted, here we go. Persuading, reasoning. He spoke. Now, three things. He went, or four things. He went, he spoke boldly, reasoning, and persuading. Can I ask you, out of those four, which one is the church most comfortable with? Which one? No, which one is the church most comfortable with? The average person, average believer. Was it? Speaking. This is the reason most believers believe that if I'm called to speak for the kingdom, I need to be called to be a pastor. When I get the microphone, I will speak. He's not seen himself wenting. Look at someone and say, you must be wenting. In other words, have the attitude in your mind that you've already gone. That's wenting. Going! Now, reason, how many of us are very concerned that, ah, if I go and engage a Buddhist in debate, they will floor me. Okay, Muslim. Let's be honest. Raise your hand. Yeah. Why? Because many of us are eager to speak, but the reasoning part, reasoning, asking questions, weighing, solving, and then persuading, which has more to do with emotional appeal, not just lyrical content or technical expertise or engagement. That's the emotions are being invested in this. It says for three months, yet some of us say we've invited somebody just two or three times and they're tired. Paul, three months, synagogue. Look at Acts chapter 20, verse 25. And indeed, now I know. And what are those things about? The things of the kingdom of God. The message there was not the Christ. It was the things about the kingdom of God. 
Acts 20 verse 25. And indeed now I know that you all among whom I have gone preaching what? The kingdom of God. Who's writing? Paul, the most Christocentric person that we have in documented history. Preaching the kingdom of God will see my face no more. This is Acts 20 towards the end of his ministry. Acts 28 verse 23. So when they had appointed him a day, many came to him at his lodging. This is Paul. So there was a dimension where he was going and going and going. At the end of his ministry, people were coming. I will show you the four stages real, real quick. Appointed him a day. Many came to him at his lodging. So whom he to whom he explained and solemnly testified of what? Of what? The kingdom of God. Now a lot of people will say Paul's message was Christ. No. Paul's epistles had to be Christocentric because without having the life of the kingdom, you can't understand the kingdom. Without having the life of a human, you can't understand the life. Do you know an ant does not understand budgeting? Do you understand? A monkey may be able to do some things human beings do, but a monkey does not understand parenting a child. So the message of Paul was the kingdom. How do I know? What do you remember before? What they did at the beginning or at the end? This is the end of his life. What was he explaining to them? Testifying of the kingdom of God. Persuading them concerning Jesus from both the law of Moses and the prophets from morning till evening. So the central piece of that kingdom is the king himself who is the Christ. But out of the Christ is the expression, the centrifugal force of all that he is somebody gets of this. So what's your mission? What's your mission? Shout aloud. What's your mission? There are four stages of that mission. We can't exhaust them today, but I'll, I'll set the cornerstone so you can get it. And everything, every ministry, mission, body, house, community, family, home, that seeks to represent Christ or to speak for Christ or to be like Christ or claim that they are for Christ, they need to have this form. They might not be able to highlight them the way I've highlighted them or articulate them the way I'm going to present it to you, but just get the drift. And so you understand that what we're doing as a house is not haphazard. In love with kings is not just in love with kings. This Mark chapter 1. In Mark chapter 1, from verse 16, and as he walked, Jesus walked by the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then Jesus said to them, what did he say to them? I need my guys for illustrations. And then four guys who are dressed the same way. And maybe you can bring two ladies to be fishes. Not peaches, but fishes. Huh? Okay, peaches. I make them peach. Hi, peach. Peaches, fruit of the spirit. Look at this now. Four. Okay, Peter and Andrew. 
Who were people catching fish? Simon and his Andrew brother. This is Simon. You look like Simon, actually. I'm not talking about the talent guy. Okay, Simon, please come over here. Simon. Andrew. Who remembers Andrew the Giant? So you are, you are fish. <laughs> this girl, she really, are you fish? Let's, you are men. Go over there, men. Come on. I also say you're not fish, but you're a good catch. Come on. You're in the catchment area. All right. Jesus is walking by. They are focused on something. They have a mission. What's that mission? To catch fish. Now look at what Jesus said. He didn't say, let me go and catch fish for you. Hmm? I want us to please understand something that some of us have been presented with a false Jesus. Now when I say the false Jesus, I'm not saying people meaningfully wanted, you know, Antichrist people give you a false Jesus. No, that's not what I'm speaking about in this context. I'm saying that the picture of Jesus that many of you particularly in third world nations have been sold is not the true picture of Jesus. The picture that we've been sold for many of us in our growing up days and background is we wanted to catch fish. Then the Jesus they told us that the Jesus we believed in. That Jesus said, hey, what are you trying to do? I want to catch, what are you trying to do? Ah, give me a microphone because I need this now. Thank you very much. God bless you. That's the part that bless you. Ah, uh, what are you trying to do? Sorry. Trying to catch fish. Ah, uh, I didn't call me. Come and come and Jesus. Come and Jesus. Come and come and Jesus. Help me, help me. Jesus. Help me, help me. Jesus. Who am I? Jesus. Who's your daddy? Jesus. <laughs>
can be husband, can be baby, can be children, can be, give me what? What else can fish be? Wife, job, visa, job, is that fish or not? Look at someone say, what fish have you been looking for? What fish? That is the African church Jesus. African church, look at the among that denomination, I'm saying the generality. And guess what? Because the fish is visible, this guy will go home and say, I ah, see how much fish I have. Will people come back or not? And they will use Jesus to do what? Market Jesus. That's not the Jesus of the Bible. Jesus said to them, he did not ask them. The African Jesus gets Jesus involved in their mission. The Bible Jesus gets people involved in his mission. He didn't debate or ask. He said, follow me. Come with me. And I will make you fishes of men. Not only will you change location, you will change vocation. Transformation is transition formation. You are not transformed just by changing in form. You are not transformed just by changing in place. As you are changing place, you are changing in states. You're changing in state, you're changing in place. So a man is not really transformed if there is nothing he has not given up. Look at somebody say, Jesus wants to make you. Say, don't try to make Jesus. Say, Jesus wants to make you. <laughs> it sounds to be hurting. Hmm. Said, so follow me. So that follow is take steps. Please let me just make this announcement for everybody who's a leader or everybody who will become a leader. And that's many people in this house. Your true followers are not those who hail your name, they are people who take your steps. Oh, come on. Oh, you will learn this when you become a leader. Following what I'm saying, your true follower. I know, hey, go LT, LT, you are so healthy. LT, yes, three dams, you are more than a dam, you are whole river. That's not my follower. I don't know, I don't know my followers, but I can like you personally, but you're not my follower if you don't do the things I do, the things I say, the things I embody. Whether it's as powerful as praying or as simple as posting about kings. You're not my follower. You're a fan. Maybe a great fan. Maybe a fantastic fan. And you see me walking at the airport. Fan. F-A-A-N. I'm telling you, Jesus did not say, say my name, say my name. He said what? Follow me. Say my name, say my name. Say I am your master. Don't follow me slowly. He didn't say that. He said follow what? Some of the most trusted followers are not the loudest. 
follow. Don't shout my name for nothing. Don't take pictures with me. Alone. Why is everybody feeling weighty? Tell me what Jesus said. He said, not everybody who calls me Lord, Lord, shall inherit the kingdom. He said, but those that do the will. How do you know the will? The words. So how do you know your followers? When you speak, who runs? Who doesn't wait for you to say something twice? That's your follower. The other people, they might be fantastic fans. As in like really fun, they're awesome. Still. But Jesus said, if you are not following me, that means that you're not ready to take on as your reality my current condition. That's why Paul says that I may know him and the fellowship of his what? Sufferings. In other words, I don't want to be where Jesus was. I want to be where Jesus is. Are you getting it? Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. So what's the mission? The kingdom. There are four parts of that mission. And I wrote there are ten distinctive qualities. I'm going to turn this into a manual and part of the guiding, guiding material for King's Cross. But there are ten, I wish... There's, I don't know if there's a way media can put it in the table, if it's possible. So there are four categories, but I put 10 points under each of the categories. I can walk through that, but if you do a, a quick snapshot, it might be easy. Whilst you're at it, can you give us the first thing? So there are four aspects of that, and we see this four aspects from Mark chapter 1. When I said, Jesus said, follow me, and I will make you fishes of men. So there is the person he's talking to. There's a person who will be made. There's the person who is going to be changed. That is the fish. There is the making process. <laughs> there are other fish. There's an other man. And then there is the fishing for those men. Media, I'm still stalling because of you. Time's sake. So there are four stages of God's mission. Number one is the stage you might call redemption. That's the first R. I like acronyms. I mean, I like um, alliteration. So, redemption, the first R. Write down somewhere. If you can create a, a table, that might help you. If you can't do it, just project what you have under redemption. That's the first thing. The first thing is redemption. Second thing, in the stage, the first stage of that kingdom mission, men must be saved. Blood has to be shed. The blood of Jesus was shed. Right? So let's do this again. You are redemption. The second R is relationship or relating. Relationship. That's the second R. The third R is representation. Representation. The fourth R is rulership or royalty. Redemption. Representation, uh, relationship, represent, representation. Some spirits teaching me this question. <laughs> Rulership. Jesus says, and then those are the men that have to be fished. Two of his, okay, no, no, sorry, sorry. Yeah, 
sorry, I didn't say it's only masculine stages that God has. That's the fish that needs to be caught. That's the man walking with Jesus. This man walking with Jesus, he's going to be changed as he moves. What many people try to do is they say, let me change myself so I can be a good enough representation. No. No. He said, follow me. There is something I have wired into this process that will transform you. Oh, but God, I have an addiction. I don't know. Wow, what a revelation. Write the research paper on it. Follow me. In other words, I know me. And I know you. And if you follow me, as we enter certain places, some baggage will drop. That's what it is. He did not ask for their degree, their pedigree, their pedicure, their manicure. So I'm the man, I'm your cure. Even if you're a pedophile, I still arrest you though, but you preach in prison. Are you seeing that now? So, what's redemption? The responsibility that brings, re that brings redemption, that makes redemption a reality, is the kingdom assignment. Don't forget the mission is the kingdom. But the assignments under the mission, right? So, if they are launching a rocket to outer space, are they assignments or not? Somebody has to buy the fuel. Somebody has to uh, work on the fuselage. Somebody needs to do the timing. Somebody needs to monitor the signals. There are many assignments. But the primary assignment here is evangelism. Somebody's evangelism. In relationships, so redemption is evangelism. In relationship, that's discipleship. In representation, that's missionary. In royalty or rulership, that's kingship. So Jesus calls them and says, follow me. Redemption. He related with them. Discipleship. Then he sent them out in twos. Missionary. Then he gave them the world as a stage, going to all the world. Kingship. Are you following that? What are the characteristics under redemption? In redemption, you are an infant. You are an infant. In relationship, you are a child. You are not a toddler, you are a child, but then... Relationship is lifelong, so it's childhood and lifelong. Discipleship, you never outgrew it. So you are not moving from stage to stage in terms of leaving the stage, but you are growing up. In other words, you don't ever fors forsake or forfeit redemption. It's foundational. You don't outgrow discipleship. It's lifelong. You don't stop being a missionary. The field might just change. And you don't stop reigning with Christ. It's just your duration on earth that may differ from one person to another person. But the fact that you are redeemed does not mean you are a good representative. And the fact that you are redeemed with the potential to reign in life having received the gift of righteousness does not mean you've received the training for reigning. Are you getting it? This is not an exciting message, but it's an instructional, insightful message. That if many people in the church understood more, the church would be way more effective. Because what happens is once people are redeemed, then we wrap everything around redemption. 
and we dance around, decorate it, jump around it. And so you find people who are saved but still sleeping around. So they are saved but they are not representing Christ. They are misrepresenting Christ because they've missed this part of the representation process. Do you get it? So, number one, you're an infant in redemption. Childhood and lifelong in relationship. Young man, you are a young man as a missionary. You can be sent to the field. And you are a father in kingship. So as a king, you are raising other people. Are you following? In redemption, guess what you're all about? It's all about your personal relationship with God. So when somebody says, I don't need any church, I'm born again. That person is an infant in the spirit or behaving like one. Because the infant knows I'm good with God. It just came my dad, daddy carry me, daddy loves me, kiss me daddy. Right? But the disciple knows I need a local church. Right? I'm on number two now. Personal relationship, local church. Guess what? Mission field. Personal relationship, family or local church, mission field. Guess what this person has here? Domain of duty. This is where somebody is assuming responsibility for a sector on God's behalf. For a people group. Now everybody's going to be excited about this one. But you can never be effective here except you've grown through that. Never. This, this place is so attractive. But that's the reason people sit on thrones and they have baby in their now. They're still in there. That's why the Bible says, Whoa! So that land, whose prince is a child? Sits on the big throne, but does not have big training to be effective on the throne. It's a process. That's why I said, Follow. And it didn't say I will give you fish from men. It said I will make you. You will be changed through that process. Number three difference. Guess what? This one is all about his feelings. Where are you? Redeemed. You're redeemed. Okay. Feelings. Redemption makes you feel good, doesn't it? They died for me. Ah, none. And guess what? Whenever the enemy accuses this guy, his feelings get a better. Uh, what's the thing? It takes a better toll on him as well. It's about his feelings. But this guy is not about his feelings, it's about his family values. So in discipleship, he understands that my flesh may feel funny, but my family value says I am already sorted. So there is consistent alignment with the family values, not with my personal feelings. Are you seeing? And as the missionary, Guess what? I'm thinking not just about my mission field. I'm thinking about the requirements of the field. In other words, when you're a missionary, you know there's certain ways you cannot be feeling. A soldier in a field may see a female soldier in the other camp. They know born and well for erection to happen. You're not hearing what I'm saying. You think I'm getting honey behind the bazooka. You can't afford, it's a feeling you can't afford. Do you understand? 
Christian-mindedness recalibrates your life. Because it's the difference between somebody who's at a bus park to take pictures with people there and somebody who's running late for a flight. Their attitude, is it different or not? And as, as the kingdom, I mean, as the father, the person is thinking about his fort. He's not thinking about his feelings, about the fort. What am I holding fort for? Fourth level, redemption focuses on how loved I am by God. Loved by God. Relationship, I'm led by that love. In discipleship, I'm led by that love. I'm not just thinking, God loves me. No, I now allow that love lead me. Are you seeing that now? As a missionary, I lead other people into that love by laboring in love. Loved by God. Loving like God, laboring in love. Laboring in love. And this, leading in love. I'm leading in love. Number five, redemption receives God's life. I receive God's life. In relationship, discipleship, I lay down that life, my own life for God. <laughs> As a missionary, I lay down my life. Watch this. As a disciple, I lay down my life for Jesus. As a missionary, I lay down my life for others. <laughs> Are you seen? So you say, lay down your life for Jesus. Some people cannot even lay for Jesus. They can never lay for anybody. They hold Jesus. You can't lay it down for him. So why are you surprised? Son that does not give to God regularly. You expect them to help you. It can't work. It's a process. If they help, if that kind of person helps you, they're going to help you to exploit you. And the final, the, the last one is laying down my life for others. That's number five, right? Yeah. Laying down my life for God, for others, and leading others in the same. Six distinction. Don't worry, I'll, I'll find a way to put this somewhere where we can see Redemption, I love myself. I claim the promises for me. Oh, seven. In redemption, if I'm operating by redemption alone, guess what? I define everything around me and how it makes me feel. So if I felt the glory of God in the service, I would say God was in that service. Oh, Vicky was so anointed today. I will use those kind of expressions. Say, Vicky, you're so anointed today. That's a babe speaking. The church was so powerful today. I will never leave this church. That's a babe. I know they've just told a lie. Because they're speaking by. <laughs> if this church was powerful again today. Or today, I expressed a different dimension of God's power. Or wow, I learned something new today. That's mature language. Because one of the ways in which you also know where people are in life is the way they speak. Language reflects maturity. Are you getting the seashells I brought for you guys? <laughs> and what? <laughs> Solid. <laughs> right? So, I laid in my life, okay, I've dealt with it. So, it's about me here, right? Redemption is about, I love myself. Relationship, I love the Christ and his brethren, disciple. 
missionary. I love Christ and I do everything I can to let others know about that love. Kingship or royalty, I love Christ and I lead others in the full cycle of that love. So in redemption, what do I do? I just apply divine life to myself. Oh, God loves me. I receive promises of God and all of that. Here, do you know what I do? I crucify myself for divine life, for it to flow. As a missionary, I crucify my life, myself for other disciples. As a king, I crucify my life. Watch this. At this point, I'm not just thinking about, oh, I can die for my church members. I can die for this one. I can die. No. Kingship, I crucify my life not just for the people or the disciples, for the kingdom. So when Peter said, I can't be crucified the way my Lord was crucified, crucify me upside down. That's kingdom. Like, how can I die like Jesus? Turn me upside down. Levels. <laughs> Let me sound natural. So you put think you sit in the same place with Jesus, with Peter. Inside the, the physical manifestation of the kingdom. Even if you sit in the same place, just sit like this. <laughs> I'm just being natural. I don't know how God is going to do that. I'm almost done. Redemption. I'm craving benefits. Watch that. Benefits. Oh, I'm saved. I'm eternally redeemed. Oh, no sickness can dwell in my body. Benefits. I crave benefits. In relationship, I take responsibility. So Jesus says, if you be my disciple, take up your cross and follow me. Relationship, um, in, in a representation, that's missionary. I don't just take responsibility. I reach out, share benefits, and engages people in responsibility as my responsibility. So as a representative, I'm not just sharing benefits. It's my duty to help. Not only is it my duty to help, it's my duty to get more people to help. Because the harvest is plenteous and the laborers are what? Watch this. If it was true then, it's true now. We need more laborers. As a, as a king, I raise others to do all of that. Two more points under each one. Redemption, me focused. Relationship, us focused. Representation, them focused. Redemption is me. As long as I'm fine, I'm cool. Discipleship is us. Hey, what's up? Why are you looking like that today? Tell us you're not looking so great. Are you fine? That's us. I'm as concerned as somebody about somebody as I am about myself. But a missionary is not me or us, it's them. So we're having this fantastic service. Everybody's happy, color coding. Ah, see the pastor's wearing the same as the choir. Yeah, yeah, see song. Hallelujah. That's, that's discipleship. Missionaries, why is there an empty chair? Missionaries, why have I not saved or registered a saved soul, a decision for Christ? That's missionary. You better take me there and be gentle. That's missionary. That's what Jesus was saying. I must go to other places 
Why? Every time I move from redemption, when I say move, I already explained what that means. I'm not forfeiting it. I'm saying I'm upgrading. I'm going. When I step from redemption, it's no longer about me. That means when I'm in discipleship, sometimes I'm not feeling like it, but I show up. Because I'm not moving with my feelings. I'm moving with my fellowship. Missionary is... Guys, both of us, we're a little anxious about this thing, you know, in our flesh. But let's go. Let's do this thing. Let's take territories. Let's engage for the kingdom of God. It's not my personal preference, but I'll do it. So it's about them. Kingship is about all of us together. Me, them, us, them. So, levels of influence under redemption. What kind of influence do you think I'll have under redemption? Personal influence. God can't trust me with much. I might be the finest individual in the world, but I'll be just fine for myself. My life is not very beneficial for the kingdom. I'm not. It's, I'm, you know, and the way you would know there are levels in God, it speaks about 30, 60, and a hundredfold. So this life, I'm not even sure it's a 30-fold. I think it's just one-fold. It maintains itself. It will have eternity with God, but it may not have many stars. The 30-fold guy here, he has multiplied himself. And do you know how you multiply in the spirit? You die to self. That's how you multiply in the spirit. Except the grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies. It abides alone. It dies to self. That's the 30 fold guy. The 60 fold guy is 60 times 30. That's 60 times 2, right? Is looking at himself in the mission field and saying, This person is just like I used to be. And if God could change me, God can use me to change them. But this is the hundredfold guy. He breaks the pattern. Why? 30 and 60 are pattern numbers, right? 100 is not a pattern. 100 is I've escaped the pattern. So in redemption, I have personal influence. In discipleship, I have communal influence. My community, they feel my impact. In missionary, I have social influence or field influence or sectoral or regional influence. Here, I have kingdom influence. In other words, wherever you put me, I've broken the patterns of the flesh and I understand how to trigger. It does not mean I'm perfect. I hope nobody's hearing moral perfection from me. But how many of you know that you can't walk through this thing and still be dealing with the same things you dealt with three years ago? It just will not because your hands are too full with superior responsibilities. So, as we close, one of the assignments is, let me, let me let's say, if, just be honest. How many of you feel like, honestly, honestly, this is really where I am? Just raise your hand. You feel like that. Let's be very honest. It's between you and God anyway, but I just want to have some kind of sample. Just be honest. Everybody starts here. Honestly, honestly, this is where I am. Yeah? Anybody? Just raise, raise your hand. How many of you feel like I'm actually right here? This is where I am. I want every hand raised. You must choose one. There's no... You're around here? All right. How many of you can say you're here? One, two, three, four. Anybody who wants... Who, who's in king, kingdom influence here? This work we're doing is to move everybody to this place. 
if this place was naturally occurring, Jesus would never have said, follow me. Because to follow means there's a place you need to get to that you are not yet there. In fact, I would argue that many people who think they are here, they are really not here. They are by the door. Jesus said the kingdom is not far from you. You know he said that to somebody. In other words, we are not yet inside the kingdom. <laughs> oh, people are not hearing. The fact that I can hear the voice of Jesus does not mean you are inside his kingdom. Jesus looked at somebody. Media, find it for us. Jesus looked at someone and said, Ah, the kingdom is not far from you. He will say, Ah, at least Jesus spoke to me. Jesus can speak to you because even a clock that is not working is right twice in a day. So the fact that you heard the voice of God does not mean you are no longer a donkey. A donkey heard God speak. Jesus said, I tell you, he said, many will come from the north, the east, the west, and the south and enter into the kingdom of God before all of you. He's talking about the earthly manifestation of the kingdom. The spiritual reality of the kingdom is already inside everybody encoded in the DNA called righteousness. The DNA of God is righteousness. So it's encoded. You already have it. How do I know it's encoded? Because just like you were inside your father's seed before your body became, you were there. In, in a genetic form. We read that earlier, Matthew 25, 34, that the kingdom was prepared before the foundations of the world. So, the, sorry dear, it's fine, help her. Right? Sorry about that. So, so see that, the kingdom of God is already there. Look at, now when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God, but see, but after that, no one dared question him. So someone, someone said, you're not far. Imagine you go to the American embassy and they say to you, ah, you're not far from being an American citizen. And then you now walk out. Should you be like, ah, what do I need to do? We need more people here. We need more people here and here. Let me tell you about people that you have here and here. People that you have here and here. You don't remind them not to come late. You don't remind them. You don't remind them to post on social media. It's not something they have to be reminded about or asked questions about. It's their life. One of the ways in which you know many, not all, but some of people here, is that when people they meet for the first time, save their name, they put kings there. Dami kings, Shade kings. Even though they didn't meet them inside kings, they spoke so much about kings or their pastor or their spiritual family. They're like, ah. You cannot follow me closely enough and not at some point be mistaken for me. Let me say that again. You cannot follow me closely enough and not at some point be mistaken for me. There must be something about your condition and your mentality, your approach. And if all you're learning is the rhymes and the lyrics and the wordplay and the color combination and the swag, you're learning chaff, not wheat. The chaff is the packaging. It helps to carry the wheat. So chaff is not useless until it's time for digestion. <laughs> chaff is important until digestion. It's not useless. That's why God created wheat with chaff, right? But if you go with chaff, you know what happens? 
it's going to be blown away. Or am I hook somebody's throat? Oh my goodness, y'all have been standing. Please, can you take your seats in the heavenly place? <laughs> With your heels, uh, is the people that wearing heels I'm talking about. Are you wearing heels? It's not so high. <laughs> this. And, and let me tell you what. Even Peter denied Jesus, right? But he didn't deny him every day. Some of you are denying Jesus every day. You don't want people to know that you follow Jesus. You don't want people to know that you go to kings. Uh, but my lifestyle, I will convert them. If lifestyle was enough, Jesus would not have to preach. Lifestyle is not enough. Jesus, the word, became flesh and he still spoke words. So even if you can memorize the whole Bible, you must still preach. It says that the foolishness of God is higher than the wisdom of men. And that the, by the foolishness of preaching, people will be converted. I feel like we're in a season. I don't feel I know. Where the Lord wants to not only raise missionaries in the house. I'm not talking about missionaries that were sent to Afghanistan and Qatar. By the way, everybody wants to be a missionary to Canada. We want to speak about Afghanistan, Yemen, Syria, Hezbollah, Somalia. Somalia. It was like, count me out. Are you a mission to yourself? <laughs> a true... <laughs> You're a mission to your belly. A mission to your belly, belly. Right? God wants to raise missionaries and listen, empower them. Let me tell you what. When somebody is a disciple, the person is very, ah, Lord, I want to move in the spirit. Ah, I'm a missionary. I, when I have this, I mean, disciple, when I have a prayer meeting, I'm able to fall, break their heads, and receive the anointing and all of that. Disciple, when he sent them out, the disciples was about to initiate them into missions work. And he sent them out in twos. And they came back. Who are they rejoicing over? Demons obey them, sicknesses. If those are things that are still tripping you, God is still giving you taster. Because when you get to this place, he says signs and wonders. They do what? They follow. Because the missionary is on the go. And so everything he needs will follow him. But the missionary is not a title. So it's not as if we're going to have a missionary ordination service. So we spotted 17 missionaries in the spirit. Missionary she won't come here. <laughs> missionary Esther Philip. Minister, minister, missionary EP. We will know by the territories you're opening up in the spirit. But we need more missionaries. We need more people that will carry the mission of the Christ. By the way, like I said, not every ministry might be able to articulate like this. But how many of you can see our training systems here? What is this? What is this? What is this? What is this? Is it in the Bible? Have I shown you from Jesus? Uh, 
They're not just fancy things like, hey, so what can we even now do in 2022? Let's see something new we can do. Hey, let's see, we need to excite the people. Let people be excited. Anything we're doing is around us. We have games night. Is between this two and three. I keep mixing them up. Fellowship and discipleship and outreach. We have a singles meeting. This and this. We're having lucky missions is between this and this. Are you getting the point? Sunday services, they're this. With the eyes on that. So the it does not end with review by 9 p.m. When you post, you're becoming missionary. You're becoming missionary. Everything is connected. People of the world, they know this and they do it so well. So what is, for those who might not know, what is, what is our vision? It's to raise kings. That's our vision. K-I-N-G-S, kingdom influences in nation generation systems. Another way to put it is to raise kingdom influences in every nation, every generation, and every system. That's huge. That's big. So what is, so here, here is love, here is leave, here is labor, here is lead. Love. Loved of God, living like God, laboring with God, co-laborers with Christ, leading. So the mission, if you want a delicious for the mission, is to teach and train people. Teach and train people to love, leave, labor, and lead as kingdom influencers. Teach and train people. That's the mission. The mission is not to have a good service. The good service should enhance, should heighten this, 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 and this. So in a, in a strong service, the four manifestations must be there. It must be something, a kingdom influence that allocates territory or empowers somebody in the territory and an environment. It does not have to be a special service. It might just be a vision. There must be something missionary. People must be saved or at least be pulled closer like this man who is not far from the kingdom. Redemption must be there in the song, in the music, in the fellowship. Discipleship must be expressed. This is a healthy ministry. A consumer ministry is going to be around here. And around here and here. Let me tell you, people that are not far from the kingdom. People that are not far from the kingdom, they will join any prayer meeting as long as there's a promise of blessing for them. It does not matter whether the guy is prophet allergy or prophet doctor or cult boy reverend, whatever. As long as God is moving, no matter where, prayer mountain, prayer water, prayer hill, prayer ant hill, they will be there. They are not far from the kingdom, but they are not necessarily inside the kingdom. The subject of this guy's prayer is himself. The subject of this guy's prayer is the church and the burdens of the Christ. The subject of this guy's prayer is missions, people that don't care about him. The subject of this guy's prayer is kingdom come. So you, can, you can tell where you are. I wish somebody had articulated this to me when I got saved over 20 years ago. Discovered it through years and years and years and years. 
I want us to pray as we close today. Jesus, I want to follow you. Jesus, I want to follow you. Those missions, we must go there. Here we go. Here we go, missions. We must go. There are many fish to be caught. There are many fish to be caught. Many. So the kingdom is like a man. I think that's Matthew 13. Matthew 13 verse 47. Matthew 13 47. Somebody help me. Matthew 13 47. He said the kingdom of heaven is like a man who cast his nets into the, the ocean, the, the sea, and catches many kinds of fish. Like a dragon that was cast into the sea and gathered some of every kind. And we read that in Revelation 21, two Sundays ago. Multitude from every nation. This guy can pray by himself and he even boasts on how long he prays by himself. This guy rejoices in the prayers of the people he prays with. The, the answers. This guy rejoices not in things but in souls and spaces that open up for the kingdom. This person rejoices in the catalytic exponential growth of that. So if you still feel a lot of competition, ah, this person is doing better than me, whatever, you're here. Because here, my joy is not just my advancement, somebody else is doing well. In fact, here, the danger about this place is that sometimes I can do something, but I will not do it, but I will give the money to somebody that can do it. And here, I don't care, I'm not even, I'm not even thinking about who or what or where. I'm just thinking about Christ. I'm looking Christ, 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 the kingdom influence this needs to be turned into a, a mini course that a lot of pastors need to be trained through otherwise we keep dancing having powerful services expending a lot of money in creating an experience but not investing in the transformational aspect of it say Jesus I'm following wherever I stopped I will follow. And let me tell you, once you're done with King's Kingdom, King's course, you know what we'll do again? Some of you are already here. Some of you, he's already here. He's already facilitating master life classes, right? You, are you facilitating the class? You're not facilitating the But he's already leading declarations and all of that. Are you, are you opening your eyes? Oh, things are just happening in front of your eyes. I say, ah, they like this person. It's not about liking if we see fruit and we see character and we see consistency in an area be like throw this person there you might be surprised what comes out are you following what I'm saying because we don't want to get to a point that we are the pillars of there's no pillar once you become pillar you become part of the next foundation we are the foundational members eh, no problem we are building another ceiling so start that one again and it's not about longevity it's about transformation it's not about who's been here longer it's who's changing faster who's responding better who's carrying the weight who's sharing the burden who's making the sacrifices not in one aspect in all aspects who's spending and who's being spent you know one of the mistakes some ministers make is they gratify or reward people based on who's giving money not who's carrying the load. Some other people make the other mistake. 
who's carrying the load, regardless of whether they're giving money or not. No, both of them must be there. Spend yourself, you spend your money. Jesus said, Paul, do you know what Paul said? He said, I finished my course, I'm ready to be poured as a drink offering. You don't understand. In Yoruba, Muti Tato played it all, poured it all, gave it all, shared it all. Somebody follow Jesus, not the African one that you used to catch more fish, the one that wants to use you. We're almost there. Thank you, guys. Sorry. I will go, I will go, I will go. Going means, let me tell you what going will mean for some of you. I don't know how soon or when, but it's happened in KMT. There was a time we sent people out of KMT, not because they were not doing bad, but because there were gaps in the house that needed to be filled. And I think those times KMT had like 22 people or something like that. Why? Because when somebody has spent time to build something, the place looks attractive, so everybody wants to get there. Going sometimes means, from KMT we say, no, you're now in children's church. We will never do that without consulting you, asking you, praying, but sometimes we will not move based on your consultation. We will respect your response, but the gift of leadership is not about you being where you are comfortable. It's actually about you being where you are not comfortable, but you are called to. Your greatest growth does not happen in the place where you're comfortable. They happen in the place where you are not comfortable, but you are called to. Now, if you're called to a place and you're even comfortable in that place, your growth will not be as maximal or maximized as when you are called to, but you're not comfortable. Because when you're not comfortable, then you rely on the comfort of the Holy Spirit. You develop sweeter fellowship with the Holy Spirit. It becomes more real to you. It begins to strengthen you. It begins to affirm you. Comfort is comfort. F-O-R-T. He compasses your fort. Your stay in place. I feel the ministry of the Holy Ghost right now. And doubt it not, I'm also re- I also realize that God can call you to a house for a season. I know that. So there might be one, maybe two people that the Lord is saying, your time in Kings is up. Or maybe by the end of this year, whatever. Come and talk to me, have an open conversation. There's nothing to hide. I don't feel anyhow about it. Let me tell what I feel somehow about. When people are in a place, but they are not there. I can't understand it. I've never been able to understand this because anywhere I am, I am there. And I pour my all. What I don't understand is somebody cheating themselves by being half-hearted or lukewarm or one-legged. Even if you're visiting and the Lord is moving on you to join kings, make that move. Talk to your leaders in your other ministry and say, oh, this is what I'm sensing. Pray with me, sir, ma'am. Trusting God for your release and your love and blessing. 
Some of them will give it to you, some of them will not. As long as you know you're honorable, once it's time and you hear the alarm of God in your spirit, don't stay longer in the place that the Lord has called you out of. Do everything within the bounds of honor to celebrate the leadership in that place and never speak against them. But don't stay stuck in a system that you are not called to. It's like you are an Arsenal football fan, but you are always in Man City training camp. Sorry, let me reverse it. You are a Man City football star, but you are always in Arsenal because you said they have more fans in Africa. Your calling is superior to fandom or fanship. It's not about who likes you. By the way, it's also not about the church you like. <laughs> Or the ministry that you find attractive. It's what, what is the calling upon my life? What is God calling me to? People liked Jesus in that place, but they said, I must go to the other cities. I can imagine people were crying, weeping, wailing as Jesus left. He said, I must go. He said, I must go. That's the life of a missionary. That's the life of a kingdom influencer. That's the life of somebody who's sold out, who's yielded. It's not the person that will spend six months and you can't tell what they are really doing in that place. That's not how God works. God does not work like that. If you're in a place for three months, four months, five months, and there's nothing you have built, produced, developed, improved, embellished, augmented, accelerated, magnified, compounded on. Is it that God did not call you there or God called you there and you are lazy, rebellious, irresponsible, and just self-centered? If God calls you to a place and you're committed to that place, there's oil and grease upon your life that will cause a significant displacement, a shift in the lives of people around. It does not have to be loud, but it will be irresistible. People will know. Pray. Lord, I'm taking the next step. I'm making the next move with you. The next step, the next move. The next step, the next move with you, God. Want to reach one billion souls, but not by reaching one billion people. Want to raise one thousand people who can raise one thousand people who can raise one thousand people. In other words, we want to raise a million who will reach a thousand, who have the capacity to handle a thousand. That capacity is developed through commitment, it's not through casual association. Never. There's nobody who's casual who can manage 1,000 people, it's not possible. Human beings are too complex to be managed casually. It's a complex. But I awaken out of my slumber. I awaken out of my normalcy. I awaken out of my irresponsibility. I awaken out of my complacency. I awaken out of that. Some of you have seen us send people out of this house. If you sense that's the season you're in, please step forward. 
Let's pray about it together. Let's ask questions. Let's know what your plans are, what you want to do. And if we feel the agreement of God upon it, we're going to release a blessing upon you from heaven. If we don't feel the agreement of God upon it, and we wrestle you a little bit. When I say wrestle, not physical. I'm saying engage you mentally and spiritually. He says, it's time for me to go. I will never hold you back. I will hold you a little bit if I sense you should not go, but my grip on you will be so loose. You will wonder if I had been wishing you would go all along. I'm blessed with the gift of goodbye. Goodbye. You know what goodbye is? I don't get attached, unduly attached to things and places. My wife and I were married seven years. We've moved seven times accommodation in seven years. Used to movement. This vacation, we stayed in about four to five different locations, resorts, hotels, and transits, and all of that. My wife was like, hey, you've brought this, your movement thing. You're always moving. I'm moving because God is moving. The Spirit of God moved about the faith of face of the waters. Jesus went about doing good. So I will, if someone says, oh, Peter Hams, you know what? I feel like God's coming out of kings. I may feel the pain, I feel the hurt, but I will never stand in the way of what you believe is your own destiny. never but what I will not take is for people to be within the context of my leadership and not be burning you have to be burning you have to be like a raging fire if you're around me you have to be intense we will play we will joke but you have to be responsible you have to be passionate you have to go you have to be driven you have to be disciplined. You have to be dedicated. You have to be sacrificial. You have to be able to say no to certain invitations like I do it. You have to be able to say no to certain appeasements like I do it. Maybe not on my level, but I must see you making those steps on your level. It's consistent. God said, I can trust Abraham because this one I can mass produce him if I make many people that look like him the world will be a better place for you to be mass produced you must operate within context regimen regimentation you cannot be an effective brick if you are not used to staying in the mold a brick becomes a brick because it stayed in the mold the microphone took this form because it stayed in the mold anything that is useful stayed in constraint in the context it felt a weight that it was not used to for it to become what it needed to become Lord all over this house stir up the hearts of men and women as we enter into a new year celebrate four years Tear up the hearts of men and women. A region fire. Duzis pras kus rizizobe kodi lekosi adoshi rate koblas elozu me onosunio ikakosule kuriatekas she sabateko rabate kovliza iosunia kombe kondeke ufresia kupalia tospe ospala siaka rametolia tatata akatosia. Now the army rises, rises, rises. This army rises. I am it. We're not no longer be focused on ourselves and what we can do. 
No longer we focused on ourselves and what we can say, what we can perform. But Father, we'll become selfless, sold out to the flag bearers, cross carriers, agenda pushers, mission-minded people, not money-minded, but mission-minded, who spend and are spent, who give and are given, who labor and are in labor. Lord, arrest everyone whose hearts may be cold, rigid, passive, uncertain. Arrest Convict. And Lord, if there's anybody whose time in this house is over, by the ministry of precision, surgical separation will separate them in the place of prayer. And if there's boldness and confidence they need, let them receive it in this moment to advance your kingdom in whatever field you've sent them to. But Lord, as many as are called to me in this house, called to your assignment in this house, let fire burn in their tills, let fire burn in their hearts, let fire burn in their hearts, and let fire burn, let it be, let it be hot and intense. Raise up your hands everywhere. Father, we thank you. Thank you. We are growing as a house. And as we grow, four years, four years, let these four stages, but now fully expressed in the name of Jesus. We will not only be built around redemption and the realities, but will also relate as disciples, represent you as missionaries, and reign with you as kings in the name of Jesus. Let there be a spreading fire, a raging fire all through the house. A new level of responsibility, a new level of capacity, a new level of authority, a new level of intensity. Be there anyone who's laboring under any pattern. That you start out hot and somehow the fire dies. You make a commitment and somehow you go down. Whatever spiritual force may be responsible, I come against them by the fire of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Where there are the arguments in your mind, I subject them to the influence of the Christ. There are enough fields, but where are the missionaries? There are enough thrones, but where are the kings? Father, let it no longer be said, where are the missionaries in this house? Let the missionaries rise. Let the kings rise. Let the kingdom influencers rise. Not just as a name, but as a reality. Rise in prayer. Rise in responsibility. Rise in generosity. Rise in wisdom. Rise in consistency. Rise in faith. Rise in fire. Rise in audacity. 
you find your place and you feel it. You will no longer put your feet, your feet on the brake. You are now on the accelerator. Just step into this conference week. Fire everywhere. Electric dimensions of grace. Thank you, Father. Can you pray in the spirit for just about a minute about the conference? I want to pray for yourself, expectation, open hearts, but also pray for everyone who should be there and call them forth in the spirit. Google your call to this house and there are things that are going to come out of you that will surprise you. And they're going to start this week strong, very strong. Strong, man of... Just let yourself go. Just let yourself be. will not be a conference in name alone but it is as it is in heaven so on the earth so on the earth thank you Jesus now give God praise in the house let's glorify him thank you Lord thank you Father Badekos Shabi Zakatis Somebody shout hallelujah. Look at someone say go, 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 go. Go, 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 go. Some of you are still seated. How are you gonna go when you're seated? Go, 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 go. Run with power, run with fire, run with precision. next level go to the next place of responsibility go 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 how many of you know that sometimes your speed can inspire other people how many of you know that by just running you can actually even control a crowd it happens almost all the time in Lagos. Somebody on the freeway or highway is making a U-turn. People don't even wait. So sometimes the U-turn you're going to make is what's going to give you leadership. It's not a title. It's just a change in your attitude, in your disposition, in your orientation, in your perspective, in your courage, in your demonor. And it inspires a stream of people. Generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this now.